Nieves. This lights out! Now you wanna get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today we're going to be talking about the single A Modesto Nuts, a Mariners affiliate that plays in Modesto, California. I'll be speaking later on in this episode with designer Dan Simon, who listeners of this podcast are familiar with. This is one of Dan's creations. I'll be speaking with Tim Quidadamo, who has broadcasted for the team for a year. And Dan Simon will be back at the end of the podcast once again with a Studio Simon Stumper. Right now, I am so pleased to welcome the general manager of the Modesto Nuts, Veronica Hernandez. Veronica, how are you doing? I am good, Paul. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for being here. Right on the heels, congratulations, uh, right on the heels of your California League championship for the Modesto Nuts. Before we get into the brand, tell me about that. Uh, what, what was that like for you and for the community to take home the title in the California League? Huge. Uh, so not too long ago, 2017 was our last uh, Cali championship. So we didn't have to wait crazy, crazy decades like some other teams of that nature. But uh, it was still a, a stretch of it. Uh, we had a 16-game streak to end our season. And to be honest, without it, we wouldn't have made playoffs. So every game, it was like, how did we do? How did Fresno do? And then same thing tomorrow. And then same thing the next day. So there was, uh, I think, a week in a row that we won and then Fresno won. So it's like we were still... I know we started at five games back, so we were always trying to like climb up and then like we, you know, we're evening it out with the two wins and, and everything, but that 16, 16 game streak, it was just uh, motivating overall. I mean, the last two, well, not even the last three home games um, of the regular season, it was, we had a really good ending to our season, which kind of made up the story and everything for the championship time. And I think the biggest thing uh, that I can't say enough is the community, the, the championship game, at least the, the first game here at home. This time the community came out and I'm mm. talking thousands and thousands more people uh, showed up at John Thurman Field. We had the Johansson High drumline come out with their horn section. We had a local DJ come out as well. So like the vibes in the ballpark, I mean, one side was being welcomed in by a drumline. The other side was being welcomed in by a DJ and you know, the players were into it too, because the DJ was out with the players or on that side of the ballpark. And they were just like jamming. They're like, this is great. <laughs> um, we had the sheriff flyover, the helicopter flyover. I mean, the mayor came out and threw up the first pitch. So it's just, again, thousands and thousands of people just showed up and did not stop, you know, the noise, the electricity in the, in the ballpark. Uh, and I think that's what motivated the players to keep on doing well and keep chugging along. And and then, of course, uh, we won it in game two in San Jose, um, and it was an amazing time. It was all very quick planning. For the most part, we had eight hours to figure out our logistics for the next game, uh, which that sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, everyone rallied together, not just our, our office, not just our event staff, not just the team, but the, the community. How can I support? How can I push out the message? And like it uh, so many of our partners were pushing out the message uh, and so many people were just wanting to be more and more involved. And it was great. It, it, I think it's not just a win for the team or for the front office, but it's a win for the community because I just, I don't know if I've ever seen the community turn around that fast and to, to support something. This is interesting to me because, you know, so often on this podcast, we talk about the fact that, you know, your role as a general manager of a minor league baseball team 
is not to worry so much about the wins and the losses, right? Like to provide entertainment to the community and that that you have no control over the player's roster and 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 that sort of yeah. thing. But I can tell just from from watching you talk about this, you really cared a lot about whether the team won and and that that was you know important to the community. And you hear in minor league baseball all the time, it's like, well, it doesn't matter if we win or lose because yeah. our job is to be family entertainment. You you really cared whether the team won or lost, and you were. I mean, oh, I can sure. see it as you're talking about. I mean, it. we were all tracking in the office. I mean, there's there's a point to that that that's true. It's not about win or lose, especially with how many transactions happen in season. It's very hard uh, for any of our fans or even front office to like love a player because by the time you love them, they're gone, right. uh, kind of thing. But uh, I think it was also just the the energy across the board that the team was showcasing on us uh to to be better and it's and it's all support right like we're here to support the team they're here to you know draw in more crowds and, and play better and and it's all a part of baseball operations it's all of our it's a part of all of our stories uh and that's what makes it so beautiful to watch yeah yeah for sure well let's talk about that that brand a little bit the modesto nuts this team has had this brand since 2005, which in minor league baseball terms is kind of an eternity, right? Like almost two decades for for this one brand. It was established with Al the Almond and Wally the Walnut, and then Shelly the Pistachio was added later. What does the Modesto Nuts brand mean? How come this team in Modesto, California is called the Nuts? You know, it's funny. So I'm originally from Connecticut, so I'm not uh, from the local community or the local coast. So, you know, applying to this team and, and being interviewed for the job and all of that stuff, it's just like, ugh, why, like, why that name? Like, <laughs> you know, wasn't there a better thought or, or like, what was the thought process behind this? But then moving out here, God, it's everything about the community. I mean, Modesto, the Central Valley is so much about agriculture. I mean, California is huge on exports, uh, just, you know, food, farm, like all of that stuff. And if you drive around Modesto, um, a few things. One, like your your local houses, um, you know, there's so many houses that I know of that have fruit trees on it, lemon trees, orange trees, uh, peppermint, like random stuff growing. But then like you keep on also driving around in almond orchards. They're everywhere. I mean, if you get if you accidentally get lost in Modesto, you're probably going to run into an almond orchard or or like they call it almond orchard. I'm pretty sure some some farmers are critiquing <laughs> me right now. Um but that's the true nature. I mean, when when we converted our name back in 2005, it used to or it almost became the dusters because, again, crop dusting mm -hmm. um, or the cruisers, because we have a big uh, cruise culture out here in Modesto with the uh, American graffiti movie and, and all of that. But again, almonds, there's just so many almond companies There's so many farm like square footage. Uh, so, again, once you move out here, it definitely makes more sense and it's not just the, the almonds i mean we have walnuts we have um some pistachios but then we also and this is i i just learned this recently um tomatoes we have a huge export of tomatoes uh, we have a uh, steam sauce food products out in modesto they're actually in downtown modesto uh they are a huge export i mean downtown modesto is, is right around the corner from the ballpark so when I'm pulling off the exit to, you know, turn right to get to the stadium, you'll see just trucks just taking a loop, top, like stopping by, um, 
the Stanislaus food products and then going back to the farms and then circling over and over again. So it's funny, I was talking to my dad the other day and I was like, man, imagine if one of those tip over, like that would suck, like tomatoes just everywhere. <laughs> uh, but it's- Instant ketchup. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ketchup all over the place. But uh, agriculture, it's everything about Modesto. So with this logo, you've got these three characters. You've got Al and Wally and Shelly. Is there one that you see as sort of a fan favorite? Is there a lead contender or is it a pretty equal race? I think it's a little bit equal depending on who you speak with, right? Al is kind of like our primary main guy. Um, you know, in our whole story with the mascots, he's the older brother. He's the one that everyone looks up to. Wally, again, this is the backstory of, of the uh, three mascots, but Wally is a goofy jokester, younger brother that's always playing tricks on everyone. So again, younger kids kind of draw themselves to that. Uh, and then of course, Shelly being a female mascot. I mean, if I were to choose one that's more popular, it might be Shelly just because again, there's not too many other female mascots out right. in the world of, of things. And that makes her a little bit more popular than the others. But you know, her story is more like she came from a big city and, you know, she's kind of like a stepsister to these guys uh, <laughs> and wanting to be more, you know, home-based community touch and all of that stuff. So overall, it just kind of depends on what kind of person you are. If you're the responsible one, you lean more towards Al. If you're a jokester, you like Wally. And then, of course, depending on, on what your take is on female mascots, you'll be a, a Shelly fan. Well, I'm afraid I'm afraid to delve too deeply into this with my own feelings here. I, this sort of personality test never turns out well for me, so I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the you know the obviously Shelley was added after the fact, and there are sort of multiple versions of the primary logo I've seen. You know, I've seen the one with Al and Wally on it, and then I've seen one with all three of the mascots on it. But it was probably you know it, it was surely intentional to create a female mascot character. Um, mm -hmm. You are the first woman to be general manager of the Modesto Nuts. And so mm -hmm. this is clearly an emphasis that the team has. And, you know, kudos to the team for that. But what, you know, for, for you as a general manager, understanding that Shelly was added before you got there, is that a focus that you see with this team? I think it can be definitely inspiring. Um, for example, there's so many uh, women type events. And I mean that in the sense of nonprofits, uh, there's a women's Haven center. That's, uh, they used to have a walk a mile in her shoes. So literally mm -hmm. they would put men in these red high heels. Um, <laughs> so it's just like, that's something that we want Shelly to go to. Uh, so it, it definitely opens the doors to being more inclusive to the community. And, and obviously having females in the community isn't odd, right? There are females in most communities across right. the country, across the world. But it's just nice to be able to have a mascot to represent that. Uh, and I think there's a lot of changes in perspective uh, nowadays uh, that, you know, things need to be more inclusive. Yeah. So I think it just helps uh, having Shelly help support that. Yes, we're a baseball team, but we're also part of the community. I mean, I'm a female GM. So just because you're a female doesn't mean that you wouldn't be included in a male sport. Of course. Well, speaking of inclusive, minor league baseball's Copa de la Diversión program has been very successful, very popular, so many great brands associated with that, but also great stories that have been told because of that about the communities where these teams play. The uh, Modesto 
uh, name is the Alebrijes de Modesto. I hope I said that okay. Um, <laughs> can you tell me about what that you know that that mascot is? It's a it's a super interesting brand for the Copa program. To be honest, it, this is going to sound very biased, but it's it's my favorite one out of all of them. I think it's because it tells a story very very well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just about uh, having that welcoming bridge for the Latin demographic to be welcomed into our ballpark, but our logo tells a story a little bit more about us and our community. So uh, Alebrijes, uh, for those that don't know, uh, if you've watched Coco, it's a great example. It's a spirit guide. Uh, so every person has their own spirit guide. It could be designed into whatever your imagination takes you. So for example, our spirit guide um, is composed of three different animals. Uh, you'll see the head being a coyote. Uh, so that's representing the Central Valley. That's representing Modesto. Uh, then you'll see the moose antlers. That's representing our uh, affiliate team, uh, our ownership group as well, the Seattle Mariners. And then you'll see the wings and talon. Uh, and that is directly uh, from the Mexican flag to represent how much we're enriched with the Mexican culture here in Modesto and here in the Central Valley. So again, once you learn that backstory of, of why we chose uh, the, you know, which animals are in our alebrije or, you know, colors and, and that sort of things, then you're like, oh man, like this has a whole story to it. And again, no offense to, to the other logos out there. Some of them are great, um, but are they as deep rooted uh, as we are uh, with our logo, with our community? Well, I think that's what makes this COPA program so great. And uh, I'm not allowed to pick favorites here on the <laughs> podcast. So I can't, I can neither confirm nor deny that this is the best one, but for sure, it's really, I mean, all of the stories that you're telling the connection, even all the way up to Seattle with the, with the parent club. I mean, that's, you know, I think it's a, it's a, a really just visually appealing brand and also just the stories, which is what this podcast is about. The stories that the minor league baseball logos tell about the places where these teams play. I have to ask about, you know, any team that has been around with the same brand for, you know, honestly, in minor league baseball for more than like five to 10 years, is there talk of, you know, updating the look of changing the team name? I mean, at, at I guess, 18 years now, this is a really well-established brand and, mm -hmm. you know, the constantly changing landscape of minor league baseball, you can see, you know, the possibility for change out there. Is that a conversation that happens in Modesto? A little bit, right? Um, not in any official capacity that we're going to be stepping forward, you know, next year or this year or anything relatively soon. But um, we have updated our logo a little bit, added Shelly into it. Again, doing the more inclusivity branding side of things uh, because it's great to have a female mascot, but if she's not included in your primary logo, what are you doing kind of thing? Right. Uh, so we included her this year. Personally, like, yeah, I would love to update it to the new, you know, it's, it's 2023. The last, this logo was created back in 2004, four, 2005. So we're, we're looking, as you mentioned, 20 years deep. So can it be edited and tweaked a little bit to be more new school type logo? Of course. But um, I think right now for us, it's just maintaining that brand, maintaining the hometown feel. Um, and also it's not rushing such a big decision. Uh, it's taking some creative pieces that you learn one year and the other year. And then, you know, when the time is right, it'll come and it'll come with already a premeditated idea versus trying to be like, oh yeah, we want to change it into what? And oh my God, we only have two months to do it. And now it's pressured. Let's do it a little bit more naturally where 
in my opinion, the better ideas always come when you're not expecting them. Well, Veronica, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you taking time to chat with me. Can't wait to get out to Modesto and catch a game there and enjoy a helmet Sunday with, I think it's Al who you have on there. Uh, Thank you so much for for taking the time and congratulations again on the California League Championship. Uh, Thank you so much and thanks for having me again. All right, everyone, welcome back. I am very pleased to be designed, <laughs> to be designed. I am very pleased. I'm very pleased to be welcomed by, nope. <laughs> What's wrong with me? You got to leave all this in. <laughs> <laughs> to be welcomed. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome, Paul, to your podcast. Thank you, Dan, for welcoming me to my podcast. I have not had coffee yet this morning, but I'm very pleased to be here talking with you about your work on the uh, Modesto Nuts brand. And I think the reason I'm thrown is because so often when we speak, you are here to do your Studio Simon Stumper, where you have come up with a trivia question related to the logo at hand, the brand at hand. Right now, we're talking about this work that you did as the designer on this brand. This is an actual segment of the podcast rather than the Studio Simon Stumper. We'll be back with a Stumper later, but for now, this brand was one that you created many, many years ago. I just spoke with Veronica Hernandez, uh, who's the general manager of the team, and we had a great conversation. But Veronica was not there at the at the outset. She wasn't there all those decades ago when this brand was was created. So from your perspective, being involved in this process right from the, the get-go, what were the conversations? How did the, the team settle on this name, Nuts, for a baseball team in Modesto, California? Well, as you mentioned, this brand identity was developed a quite a while ago, 2005, which means we worked on it in 2004, and uh, that's a that's a a while back when it comes to sports branding. And back then, even though you had names like the Carolina Mudcats and the the um, Chattanooga Lookouts. Um, for the most part, we had not gotten into today's landscape of, as you like to use the word to describe these wacky brand identities. Um, and the Modesto team had been a longtime affiliate of the Oakland Athletics. As a matter of fact, I had just done a commemorative logo for the Modesto A's celebrating their 30th year of affiliation with the Modesto A's. And uh, then I get a call from them saying, we've we've lost our affiliation. (laughs) So, you know, losing that affiliation was both a bad thing and a good thing. They, they, they were proud of their affiliation with, uh, with the A's, to the extent that they wanted to commemorate and celebrate 30 years worth of um, being their their minor league affiliate. Um, But then again, they were also saddled with being the A's and nothing wrong with the A's, but it didn't give the Modesto team an opportunity, the Modesto, a minor league baseball team, to didn't give them the opportunity to do things that were specific to their their fans, their community, their region. Uh, yeah, it's both, you know, more or less Northern California, but it, it didn't allow them to really market the team in a way that would set them apart as their own thing. They were always 
the minor league A's. And that was it. Mm -hmm. So uh, now I didn't work with them on the name. When they came to me, they had already decided on the name. I was working with Mike Garassi, who at the time was the general manager of the team. Uh, he later became president and someone else stepped in as general manager. But as Mike described it to me, um, Nuts was almost a no-brainer for them. That area um, is known for their, from an agricultural standpoint, their main crop are nuts and specifically almonds and walnuts. And I don't know if it's to a lesser degree, but also pistachios. Um, if you buy a bag of nuts at your grocery store, there is a very good chance that it came from around the Modesto area. And they realized that if they named the team the Nuts, not only could they have fun with it, because heck, it's a fun name, but it would allow them to, to get sponsorships maybe they couldn't get before, do fun marketing um, initiatives with it, um, and give them opportunities they just never had before when they were simply the Modesto A's. So these two characters that you created at that time, and if I'm correct, you were not involved in creating Shelly the Pistachio years later. That was uh, that was somebody else. Correct. Shelly was um, not part of the picture then, but yes, she she came she came later. So you created Al the Almond and Wally the Walnut, and I always see these two. You know, I think there's this sort of funny like TV trope of like the tall skinny guy and the short fat guy, right? Like like Lenny and Squiggy or Abbott and Costello or uh, David Spade and Chris Farley and Tommy Boy, right? Like there's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like I, I see these two as almost like a, a, a comedy duo. When you created these characters, clearly there was a relationship of tall and skinny and short and round. And I know that those are the shapes of the actual nuts themselves, but were, did you have characters in mind were they modeled after anybody or or was it simply they were their own characters uh from the get-go it was exactly what you just said i i don't even know that i can put it any better that's exactly what it was they wanted two characters that were different you mentioned i'm sorry all the ones mutt and jeff you didn't say oliver and hardy but you know you've got that as well mm -hmm. uh and all the ones you mentioned um um uh ralph cramden and uh Fred and Barney, we can go on and on and on. Right. You, you know, there are so many instances of that. And that's exactly what this was. You know, a baseball team is made up of rosters now 25. I think in Major League Baseball, they're up to 26, which might mean that's what it is in minor league baseball as well. And in that in that clubhouse, you've got tall, skinny guys. You have short, stout guys. You have goofy guys. You have serious guys, you have intellectuals, you have free spirits, et cetera. And what they wanted to do with this identity, you know, we couldn't feature an entire roster of players in the logo, but they figured, hey, let's put, normally logos feature one character or one icon or whatever, here's what we're gonna represent the team as. But in this case, they said, well, let's do two and let's try to give different personalities, both in physical stature, as you brought out, but also Wally the Walnut, he's he's the more you know fun, maybe a little bit goofy guy. Whereas Al the Almond, he's the taller guy, but maybe a little more serious, maybe a little more uh, 
uh, he's got his game face on. And so it was a way with two characters to show that teams and frankly, society as a whole is made up of a mix of all different personalities and shapes and sizes, et cetera. You know, with the addition of Shelley, I feel like they are uh, Kramer, Elaine, and George Costanza from Seinfeld, too. And you know, maybe maybe Jerry is the one taking the picture of him. I don't know. But uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can see, you know, the expressions on their faces are are quite different uh, in, in terms of these two characters here. So, you know, I always like to ask you, Dan, uh, about what were the challenges uh, on this particular brand? What were the challenges on this particular brand? Uh, there was one in particular, thank you for asking, because this is this is one of the things that even though this identity was created going on in a, a couple of years, uh, 20 years ago, um, this thing still stands out, which was the ownership. They requested something very specific. They said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I think I'm pretty much quoting maybe word for word. We want to do with this identity what Disney did with Goofy, hmm. quote unquote, more or less. And when I heard that, I, I remember my head dropping and thinking, no, we don't want to do with this identity what Disney did with Goofy. And, and here's why. One of the things that, in my professional opinion, doing minor league identities, makes these, as you describe, wacky identities work is when you don't go completely wacky, when you you dial things back a little bit. And what I explained to, to Mike and asked him to please pass on to ownership was you share with Disney that your your product is is largely, if not mainly, about fun family entertainment. But you differ from Disney in that you have a component of your product that Disney does not share. And what that is, is professional baseball. Mm. So this is not about nuts with buck teeth and big old flap, flappy shoes and, and talking silly, although a logo doesn't talk. But it just as far as the whole personality brought out in the artwork, um, just the fact that you're named the nuts, just the fact that you've got this one kind of tough nut and another kind of fun nut, uh, there's going to be plenty of personality in that logo. You don't want to make this only skewing to five-year-olds. Mm -hmm. So what I am recommending is that you... Let's do what you're looking to do by bringing these two nuts into the identity, but let's not try to make them goofy. Um, let's try to make this something that a professional baseball player can wear on his or her person that looks appropriate on a professional baseball player while still capturing the fun family entertainment nature of, of minor league baseball. Now, I didn't know how they would react to that, but Mike got back to me had spoken with ownership and they said, he said that they said, we, um, we hear you, we agree with you, let's go in that direction. So that was a challenge because they might've said, nope, we want goofy. Is it, is it a challenge? I mean, one of the things with logo design, right, is that you have to have that sort of central anchor to, to the whole composition. 
does having two characters instead of one make that more difficult or do you just make the two characters the central thing? The answer to that question, Paul, is sometimes it's not any more difficult and sometimes it is more difficult. That might sound like a wishy-washy answer, but it's not. With the Modesto Nuts, it was no more difficult than a single visual uh, focal piece. Um, another example of a similar logo is when I did the New Hampshire primaries that had the elephant for the GOP, the donkey for the Democrat part, Democratic Party. Um, the and both of those were just as easy to do. However, I was once doing an identity for a collegiate summer league team called the East Texas Punk Jacks, where they wanted to feature both a you know brontosaurus type dinosaur uh pump jacks ha has to do with the oil rig thing that um bobs up and down that's what a pump jack is or it's okay. a pump jack is a slang term for it so fossil fuels they wanted a dinosaur a brontosaurus dinosaur for that and another name for that that um that pump jack another slang term for it it, or, or colloquial term for it is a nodding donkey. Um, so they wanted a donkey as well. And I, I had already done the nuts and the primaries logos and had no problems with, with those. And when the East Texas Pump Jacks re, um, requested, by the way, shout out to Mike Lieberman, who was the GM and part owner of that team, um, who made this request when he asked to have both the brontosaurus and the donkey in the same logo, I was, I said to him, Hey, no problem. Done that before. But the the problem there was the difference in scale. A brontosaurus is one of the largest creatures to have ever walked the earth. Whereas a donkey is, you know, the size of a horse, um, if not a little bit smaller. So I found that getting them both in that case, getting them both in the same logo was difficult. So what we ended up doing with that team was we did two primary logos. They were both basically the same, but one had the, um, th this, this is a different story, but hopefully it'll be interesting to, to the listeners because this is the first time I've ever done what I'm describing. And I'm not sure that I've done it again. We did this for the East Texas Pump Jacks. We did the same logo but one with the with a donkey in it and one with the dinosaur. And what the team did, what, what Mike Lieberman's idea was, hey, let's let's make this a thing. Let's have team donk and mm. team dino and let the fans choose which they want to be the fan of. This happened when I was a kid. There was there were two there were two breakfast cereals <laughs> made by the same company called Quisp and Quake. And their TV commercials, I guarantee if you go on YouTube and put in Quisp and Quake, those commercials can be found on YouTube. And they were like two battling. Um, here's a better example of what it's like. Miller Lite. Tastes great or less, less filling. Yeah. And same product. And you get, decide what, you get to decide why you drink it. In the case of the East Texas Pump Jacks, it was... You get to decide who's the character that you want as as your favorite. And they use that as a thing. And it actually was a pretty cool marketing thing. It is reminiscent of Cool Guy and Stirrup Guy with the Burlington Sock Puppets. 
Well, in that case, I didn't do two different primary logos. Those two, I got to work into the same logo. But yes, you get to choose. Okay, who who who's your favorite? Who do you think is the best representative of the team? Instead of saying to the fan, here's what the team is and take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. So in the case of the Sock Puppets and the originator, the Modesto Nets, because I don't know if it's the first time a sports logo has ever featured two characters. So I'm not claiming it was, but it might have been. I, I, I'd have to give it some thought and think of think if there was anything that predated it. I'm thinking of Minnie and Paul from the Saint uh, from the ah from the Minnesota Twins. You. <laughs> yep. Okay. It wasn't the first, but we followed. We were in in very um, legendary footsteps there, mm -hmm. um, and we the the reason it was able to work for Minnie and Paul for Alan Wally. And for cool guy and stirrup guy is because of size. They were the same mm. size, proportions, et cetera. So getting them to work together wasn't a problem. The dichotomy of a gigantic brontosaurus and a horse-sized mule donkey. Um, by the way, mule and a donkey are not the same thing. No. Similar, but not the same. Brontosaurus and donkey. Um, I, I've... <laughs> That wasn't working, and so a different solution was necessary for that. Long answer to a short question, but hopefully fascinating to your listeners. <laughs> fascinating to me. So there are a lot of details in this this logo, and I'm curious how many of them. You know, what what were things you brought to the table? What were things the team really wanted to do? Uh, a couple of the ones that I noticed: uh, Al and Wally, uh, of course, are wearing red caps with the letter M on them, and that is a throwback to the old Modesto Reds. Uh, which is funny because they were never a Reds affiliate. There's type on a curve here. There's the Modesto on a on a little bit of an uh, of, of a curve, a, a reference to the Modesto Arch. Let's uh, talk about that. Okay, let's talk about the Modesto Arch because that's something. When you look at the logo, even if you're from Modesto, you might not necessarily make that association. Also. You know, we use this term now, Easter eggs, things hidden in logos that have meaning, but you might not know that until it's pointed out to you or you, or you happen to find it yourself. Um, in this case, you know, speaking of things I had previously done for the Modesto A's, I had done a new primary logo for them that was used that not only did it feature something referencing the arch, it directly referenced it on the arch which was created many years ago as a thing there in Modesto. And it said, it said, and I believe still does, I believe the arch is still there. It says, water, wealth, contentment, health. But in the primary logo that I did, I was asked by Jessica Berry, who at the time was the merchandise manager for, and probably maybe even the assistant general manager of the Modesto A's. By the way, the, the GM at the time was Greg Coleman, who has been on this podcast. Mm -hmm. He is now and has been for the past 10, 12, maybe even more years, the president of the Erie Seawolves. Um, he was the GM of the, the Modesto A's at the time. And the request from Jessica was to include that arch, but make it say water wealth, contentment, baseball so um that and i remember thinking at the time what are you even talking about but <laughs> in modesto that arch is a thing so uh -huh. when doing the nuts logo the word modesto is in an arched mm -hmm. shape um it doesn't necessarily look like the arch that 
um, crosses the avenue on which this arch is located in Modesto, but it's um, but it's in an arch for that reason. So whether that's an Easter egg or just a nice little reference, um, that's the reason for that. I didn't know there was an arch in Modesto. It's one of the many things I've learned about the uh, you know the United States of America by by writing these articles and doing these podcasts. So that's uh, that's well, fun for me. Well, here's another thing you learned. Um, and yes, I'm telling you things about yourself, but <laughs> prior to um, jumping on this podcast with you, I reread your story from back in 2005 about uh, the the story behind the nickname. Uh, you you referenced the fact that almonds and, and walnuts. Uh, walnuts, they are not nuts. No, they are droops. Droops. Now, that is something that came up recently with me where I was doing a peach-themed identity. Oh, yeah. Right. And and which is, uh, I, I can speak about it, but I can't speak specifically about okay. it. I could just okay. say it was a peach-themed identity. Yeah. And in my research for that, learned that a peach, though it is indeed a fruit, mm -hmm. the type of fruit it is, it is a droop. And what mm -hmm. a droop is is a it's it's a food item uh, produce item that has like a fleshy exterior and then mm -hmm. a stone center the stone mm -hmm. being the type of pit it is mm -hmm. it's not a pit like an apple pit right. uh, it, it's a pit like in a cherry yeah. or in a peach or a tangerine mm -hmm. that you know mm -hmm. that hard pit yeah. so there a droop another mind, word for droop is is stone fruit and so, yeah, you're getting into that with the with the stones and whatnot. Yeah, but the relationship between almonds and walnuts and peaches and cherries is 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 that pit. And sometimes you eat the flesh, and sometimes you eat the pit. And in this case, you're we're eating the pits, you know. So there's a lot there's a lot going on. But you're absolutely right that that is something that I learned. And every time I have brought it to someone on the team, they say that's the first time I've heard that. And I said, well, you guys need to talk to each other because I keep bringing it to you. Well, it's interesting because. Like with a lot of jobs, working in minor league baseball is a somewhat transient. Uh, mm -hmm. Minor league baseball is a transient business for for understandable reasons. So a lot of times, there are people working with a team who really have no idea about really a lot of the history of the team and certainly the reasons for the origin reasons for and the orient origins of. Um, their brand identity and some of these these details about it, like like the arch in the nuts logo, and certainly like the fact that a nut is uh, an almond and a walnut are not nuts, but you're named the nuts. You go to work for the team. You're just assuming they got it right, but for some reason they're. It's not like the team got it wrong. You go to the store, you go to the oh, yeah. grocery store, you go to the nut section. That's yep. where you're going to find almonds and walnuts. And heck, they're called walnuts, not wall mm -hmm. droops. Yep. So um, I think another name is tree nuts, aren't they? They're called tree nuts, I think. So yeah, it's, you know, it's a common name and it's they look and feel like nuts. And so it's the whole like debate of tomatoes being a fruit or a vegetable. And so, you know, it's uh, it's fine. So, you know, what's funny, too, <laughs> speaking of teams getting it wrong, a future episode of this podcast is going to feature the Lansing Lugnuts, uh, and their logo is a bolt, not a lug nut. So, you know, right. there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. 
Dan Simon, this is so much fun to have you on to actually talk about uh, one of your projects. I'm very glad to be the one asking you questions for once. You'll be back on this episode with a studio Simon Stumper. But for now, thanks for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And as we do on every segment, I will tell folks that they can find your work on Instagram at studio underscore Simon. Dan, thanks so much. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to when the tables turn and I'm asking you the questions again on, on the stumper for today's episode. Ernie and Bert. I forgot to mention Ernie and Bert. That's another <laughs> uh, tall, skinny uh, or, or, or skinny and fat. So anyway, yeah, we, right. we don't want to leave any of, of those duos. <laughs> so if any hey, listeners um, get on, get on the socials and, and mm. let us know any ones we've missed here because there are plenty. There's more and we want to hear them. We'll see you in a minute, Dan. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so pleased to welcome back to the podcast, Tim Quidadamo, who is the Director of Marketing and Broadcasting with the Modesto Nuts. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you? I am doing very well. I'm very pleased to be speaking with you again, uh, a returning guest to the podcast. Uh, you were on previously on an episode about the Woo Sox. We had a great conversation about the Woo Sox. You are in Modesto now. How has the the learning curve for you been learning about just the area in general out there in, in Modesto? It's been a lot of fun just driving by all of the farms that are out here and seeing how much wide open land there is compared to Worcester, Massachusetts, where I'm from, had been working for the last couple of years in minor league baseball. Uh, was definitely a bit of a culture shock, but it's been cool to to kind of get used to and learn this new area. What is that process for you in terms of like actually calling the games? How do you process that? How do you take that sort of one step at a time, learning the area, learning the fan base, and then also learning the team? Yeah, I think it's it's trying to just be present in any conversation that you're in. Um, and I was lucky enough working with our general manager, Veronica Hernandez, is another East Coast transplant. Um, and then just every conversation with other members of the front office, community members, those at the Chamber of Commerce, with players in the Mariners organization, just trying to soak in as much as possible. I think it's really important, especially going to a new area, to kind of set your ego aside. And I came into it every day like with the idea, I'm going to ask someone to explain something because I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> That's going to happen at least a couple of times a day where someone will go on and be like, you got that? And I'll go, no, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily when it comes to kind of getting used to a new organization, um, there are a lot of similarities with Boston and Seattle, obviously different size markets when you look at the big league clubs. Um, but a big emphasis on the quality of person that they're bringing mm. in, not just the players or coaches or front office staff or whoever it might be top to bottom. There's a big emphasis in both of those organizations about people who are good at what they do, but almost more importantly, people who are good people to others. So you've learned a lot about the, the culture of the team. In terms of the culture of the place, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm -hmm. Do you prefer almonds, walnuts, or pistachios? That's a great question. I've <laughs> always been, I've always been a big almond guy. Okay. 
it's just such an easy, fun snack. But I think I have a different answer if you're gonna if we're gonna start talking about mascots. So you've got Al the Almond, mm-hmm. Wally the Walnut, and a, a late addition after Dan created the original logo. Uh, a late addition. There was a fan vote. There was a whole contest mm-hmm. with Shelly the pistachio which which is the fan favorite and do you have a personal favorite of the three mascots i think the fan favorite is shelly for okay. sure all right i think she stands in a league of her own but yeah i've i've always had this kind of a playful beef with wally around the ballpark <laughs> where i don't know if it's just something about his really round like his head wouldn't fit in this room it, it looks like <laughs> and i just i think he has too big of a head walking yeah. around the ballpark every yeah. day that someone had to keep him in check and i thought who better than the new guy coming in this year so wally and i had had some beef but yeah. it was all in good fun uh it was all out of love and i think <laughs> he ended up surprisingly becoming my favorite mascot here oh well, that's a that's like a Sour Patch commercial right there. It started right. out sour and turned out sweet. That's uh... <laughs> so. There's a huge history of baseball in Modesto, and this franchise goes back uh, a long time. The team was independent in 1946 mm-hmm. and 47, and then from 1948 on, has been with the Browns, Pirates, Braves, Yankees, Colt 45s, A's. That's the Kansas City A's. Uh, the Cardinals, the Oakland A's, and now the Rockies, and then, of course, the the Mariners are the current. So are there advantages in your mind to the team being, you know, to the team having its own identity that's distinct from the Mariners? Yeah, I think definitely in this situation, um, it, it has its own benefits because it's tied so closely to what this region and what this city is known for, uh, which is its produce and specifically nuts. Uh this area of California produces 38% of the entire world's walnuts, 80% of the world's almonds, and 99% of the entire world's pistachios. So I think that coupled with the three mascots makes a lot of sense. And I think the differences between that kind of own identity separate from the Mariners here in Modesto versus the situation that you and I last talked about on this podcast in Worcester is Worcester was a triple a affiliate 45 minutes away Mm -hmm. from the major league club. So the Mm -hmm. fan base diehard Red Sox fans in Worcester already. So you're calling them the Worcester Red Sox, the Woo Sox for short, and it works perfectly where, like I said earlier, we're an hour and a half away from the Coliseum, which is still having major league games for the time being. And from, uh, Oracle Park in San Francisco too. So there's kind of a big conglomerate of just pure baseball fans in this area, whether it is the A's, the Giants. There are a lot of Mariners fans since we're in kind of central to northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of Dodgers fans too. Dodgers fans are everywhere. And if you're in the state of California, you're going to see a handful of Dodgers fans too. So I think having the separate identity kind of benefits when you're farther away from your parent market. And it helps too when we're a single A baseball team. So it's not necessarily that Red Sox fans are going to see someone get called up from Worcester to Boston in a day. There's going to take a little bit more time to develop. So the community really can rally around these kids essentially, because they're a lot younger at this level 
um, on average as well. So I think it definitely benefits at this level and in this situation to have a team name and mascot that's more community focused as opposed to parent club focus. Tim, this is, uh, has been so much fun to catch up with you again. Where can people find you online? You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. I think I made a threads. Who knows? Um, <laughs> at T Quitty, T Q U I T Y. Um, and follow me, connect with me on LinkedIn, Tim Quitadamo. It sounds a lot harder than it is. <laughs> there you go. Tim, this is awesome. Thanks so much. We will catch you again. I'm sure we're going to find a way to, to get you back on the podcast. And uh, in the meantime, uh, enjoy the, the end of the season at the time of this recording. I know you all are, are starting to wrap up here. So have a successful end of the season. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks again, Paul. Great catching up. It is time to welcome Dan Simon back to this episode. Dan, we've already talked about the work you've done on the Modesto Nuts brand. Now you are here. The, the, the tables are turned. You're going to be asking me questions instead of me asking you questions. It is time for Studio Simon Stumpers. How have you been since we last talked? Oh, since we last talked, uh, nothing's really changed. So uh, yeah. You're wearing I, the same shirt that you were wearing earlier. I see that. Yeah, I, I, I'm planning on wearing this for the next uh, <laughs> segment as well. So, All right. um, so, um, so here we go. You, you, you said we're back to me asking you questions, plural, mm. which, which is very prescient of you because today I've got a double stumper for you. So um, let's start with uh, the, the, the afternoon game. Okay. Mm. Um, we've, as we've talked about earlier on this podcast, before the Modesto Nuts were the Modesto Nuts, they were the Modesto A's, and they had a mascot that was an elephant. And when if baseball fans, I think most of them know that an elephant is um, associated with, well, an elephant is something that is part of the Oakland A's brand identity. And that's why the Modesto A's mascot was an elephant. But without them knowing, the Modesto A's that is, that someday they would be called the Nuts, their mascot had a name that was very appropriate for a team called the Nuts. So with that in mind, our first studio Simon Stumper today asks, what was the name of the Modesto A's elephant mascot? Was it A, Nutley? Was it B, Peanut? Or was it C, King Nut? So I don't know the answer to this question just based on my own experience. I do have to say, by the way, my grandfather, uh, before they left town, was a huge fan of the Philadelphia A's and had a very cool Philadelphia A's jacket. It was one of his prized possessions. I don't know where that jacket is now, though, unfortunately. the When you started asking this question, my first thought was elephants like peanuts. And my immediate instinct was this elephant is going to be called peanut. I know we've, there's been debate on these segments as to whether to go with your, your first instinct or not. I almost shouted out peanuts. I was going to say peanuts with an S. And then when I saw that peanut was one of the options, I said, I've got to go with that. So I'm going B, peanut, final answer. 
Well, no sussing necessary. And <laughs> it was a little bit of sussing. Elephants like peanuts. And so I think the name would be Peanut. Okay. Well, you you nailed it. Hmm. Um, so everybody in the uh everybody listening, go nuts for Paul. He um this that's about as quick as quickly as you've ever answered a question. Uh, besides the one recently where with regard to the Portland Mavericks, where oh, right. you knew the answer right away. Because I so, had seen the documentary the night before. <laughs> right. So yes, the name of the 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 mascot was Peanut, and it had a unique. The spelling was the same as Peanut, but the the uppercase lowercase usage was unique. It was capital P, lowercase e a, and then all caps n u t. So that was that was the name of their um, their mascot and. Um, would have been a fitting mascot for the team, even when they changed their name to the Modesto Nuts. But as I mentioned, this is a uh, a double stumper. So let's go to the um, nightcap. Um, let's talk about minor league baseball in pop culture. Okay, this is all going to come back to the Modesto Nuts. Huh. Um, in episode number four of the Baseball by Design podcast, uh, one of the guests was Jamie Farr, who famously starred as Corporal Klinger in one of the greatest sitcoms in television history, MASH. Um, and his character, um, Corporal Klinger, came from Toledo, Ohio, as did Jamie Farr in real life. And his character, in addition to being famous for wearing dresses because he wanted to get out of um, the army so bad he was hoping for a Section 8, which meant he was crazy, um, he would also wear from time to time either and or a Toledo Mudhens cap and jersey. So it was it was established on that show that he was a big Toledo Mudhens fan. So right there in one of the most famous shows ever on TV, minor league baseball was featured. Um, another baseball by design more recent episode featured the Birmingham Barons. And uh, the Birmingham Barons and their opponents, the Carolina Mudcats, they appear at the very end of the Michael Jordan, Bill Murray, Bugs Bunny film, Space Jam, um, in a scene in which the two teams come together in stunned disbelief when Michael Jordan returns to the baseball field in a spaceship from Looney Tune land. So there's another example of that. Um, in an episode of Breaking Bad, um, this is early in, I believe, season two, um, in which Brian Cranston's character Walter White first meets Saul Goodman um, of Better Call Saul, Brian Cranston is seen wearing an Albuquerque Isotopes cap. Um, the 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 um, the show takes place in in Albuquerque. There have been many examples of stuff like that. I just wanted to mention a couple of them to um, to as a as a preamble to this question. On Monday, January 20th, 2006, keep in mind the year there, 2006, the Modesto Nuts were featured somewhere between quasi and semi-prominently on a primetime TV drama in a storyline where a character named Martin Brewer, played by actor Tyler Hecklin, was faced with the dilemma of going to college where he was offered a scholarship to play baseball or play professional baseball right out of high school for the Modesto Nuts. 
And in that episode, the a Nuts jersey, they send him a Nuts jersey and cap, somebody from the team, which would never have actually happened in real life. That's just <laughs> not the way it works. But this was this is uh, this is Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and he's sitting there with his girlfriend trying to make a decision about what he's going to do with that cap and jersey, like sitting next to him. Um, and so on on the nightcap of today's double stumper, we ask, what was the TV show in question? Was it A, Gilmore Girls, B, Smallville, or C, Seventh Heaven? I feel like I should phone a friend on this one because uh, I don't know. I don't really know those shows. I watched, I watched Smallville, and I don't recall that storyline, but I gave up on that show like after 17 of their 29 seasons. So I don't know the character named Martin Brewer. So I'm going to, I'm going to eliminate Smallville. I don't think Smallville though. Baby Superman would make a great baseball player for sure. So it's a coin flip uh, between Gilmore girls and seventh heaven. I don't know anything about the TV show, seventh heaven Gilmore girls. I kind of have it in my head that it's about older people than people who would be getting invited to play baseball in the minors or at college so i'm very very shakily very unconfidently going to go with seventh heaven paul yeah open your broom closet and pull out that broom you have just swept the double stumper Woo! you are you are <laughs> correct um good that was talking about sussing things out this time you did had to do a fair amount of sussing and and it 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 ended in victory. So um, that actor I mentioned, Tyler Heckler, who has enjoyed a 20 plus year career in TV and film, he would, everything comes back to baseball here on the baseball um, bucket list. Uh, oh, I guess, Anna, <laughs> shout out to Anna DiTomaso. All right. <laughs> on the Baseball by Design podcast. You know what? Everything comes back to baseball on the Baseball Bucket List podcast as well, <laughs> not surprisingly. Um, so anyway, but it certainly does here. Um, he would go on to star in a baseball film, 2016's Everybody Wants Some, which was produced, written, and directed by Richard Linklater, who previously did written produced and directed dazed and confused all right all right all right um i thought uh, i knew every baseball movie but i have never heard of this one that you just that you just everybody wants some is what it's called everybody wants some it's it's a line from uh uh a van halen song it might even be the title of the van halen song um, if you want i'll sing a little bit um so um i'm not going to do that <laughs> i was waiting i was waiting yeah. In deference to your uh, to your <laughs> listeners and their 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 audio health, I, I, a lot of people have seen the movie Dazed and Confused. Oh yeah, that? Yes, okay, for if sure. you saw that and if you enjoyed it, this is not a sequel to that, but it is definitely stylistically a follow up to it, even though it was done twenty years later, something like that. And if as far as it being a baseball film, everybody wants some. Um, Definitely about a baseball team, not as much about the baseball as some other baseball films, but a, a good film in its own right. I'm neither recommending it nor not recommending it. I'm okay. just saying it's one out there. Now, okay. with regard to everything coming back to baseball, um, this 
this writer, producer, director, Richard Linklater, would also produce and direct the 2005 remake of The Bad News Bears, with in which Billy Bob Thornton reprises Walter Matthau's role as coach Morris Buttermaker. So, um, so it's all about baseball here on the Baseball by Design podcast. Well, Dan, thank you so much. This is, uh, you know, oh, I'm, I, I always, always, always learn something and I always have fun. And now so now I know about the existence of this movie that you just described and the Seventh Heaven TV show. Dan, thanks so much. We will talk to you again next week. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk about the nuts and to bring this awesome double stumper to the table. I appreciate having me on again and I'll see you on the flip side. <laughs>